0: Hello and welcome to the Generous June daily podcast where we'll be exploring generosity together. Today's sermon is from Bishop Sophie Jelly of Doncaster. A reading from 2 Corinthians chapter eight, beginning to read at verse one. We want you to know brothers and sisters about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of Macedonia. that during a severe ordeal of affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part for as i can testify they voluntarily gave according to their means and even beyond their means begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints and this not merely as we expected They gave themselves first to the Lord and by the will of God to us, so that we might urge Titus, that as he had already made a beginning, so he should also complete this generous undertaking among you. Now as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. I do not say this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I am giving my advice. It's appropriate for you, who began last year, not only to do something, but even to desire to do something, now finish doing it so that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but it is a question of fair balance between your present abundance and their need, so that their abundance may be for your need, in order that there may be a fair balance. As it's written... The one who had much did not have too much, and the one who had little did not have too little. By the time you view this, the name Follow Jimmy Olabunmi Adeole will no longer be in the news, I suspect. But Jimmy, as he was most often known, aged just 20 years old, is highly relevant to the subject we're exploring from Scripture today. You may have heard the sad story back in April, on a Saturday night as he returned from work, he heard a woman calling in her distress, having fallen from the bridge she was walking along into the freezing water of the River Thames, just after midnight, shouting, Help me! Help me! I'm going to die! And Jimmy and his companion, without hesitation, responded by jumping into the water to rescue her in her plight. That was the last action Jimmy ever took. Though happily all others survived, Jimmy never made it out of the water alive. The head teacher of the school, where he was a pupil from the age of eleven, had this to say of him. Anyone who knew him remotely well would not have been surprised at the actions he took. He put others in front of himself at all times. His father said in his tragic loss, I can't bring him back, but I want him to be remembered forever for what he did. It was just like him to want to always try and help others. Clearly everyone who knew him was in deep, deep shock and grief. But no one who knew him was surprised at his actions. There's something vitally important about this message. When we consider the subject of generosity modelled, how do our actions fit with the person people know us to be? Generosity is a deeply endearing characteristic. Think of its opposite for a minute, meanness, frugality, withholding, and you instantly get a sense of diminishment. By contrast, Paul writes to the new Christians in Corinth, and he uses the example of another community in Macedonia for way they've supported and encouraged him by their generosity and goodness, making his work of spreading the gospel among the Gentiles possible. So as we reflect on this theme of generosity modelled, I want to take a few moments to think about what it is we're seeking to model as we live out this generosity that Paul encouraged here. And I want to frame it with a question. What kind of example are we setting? When we write the word example, we often use the letters EG from the Latin exempli gratia. It's a way of describing an illustration of something already stated. So what example of generosity do we set in our lives? What do people see when they look at our lives? E.G. Now I'm going to take them in reverse order. Well, G stands for grace. Christian generosity is rooted in grace. Grace has been described as the free gift of God. Not that it's without cost to him, but it's entirely without merit or entitlement for us and grace runs through this passage like letters through a stick of rock. It's freely given, freely given, freely given, and we only give out of what we have received. All of Paul's teaching in these two chapters which are rich with important principles relating to giving and generosity, all of it is rooted and grounded in grace, the free gift of God. You'll be familiar with the verse from Paul's letter to young Timothy his traveling companion which forms part of the funeral liturgy of the Church of England. Uh, Timothy really grasped grace. How could you be in Paul's company for long and not grasp grace? It says we bring nothing into the world and we take nothing out. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now this means that first and foremost we're dependent people just as tiny babies are vulnerable in the world and rely on others for their care, so it is with the children of God. We rely on the love and grace that God has for us. When Paul promotes the Macedonians and holds them up as an example for the Corinthians, as he seeks to raise funds for the Jerusalem collection, he's not doing so to shame those in Corinth. He's making the point that we are each members of one another and so are interconnected. If one member's in need, then it's the most natural thing in the church for the other member to try and meet that need with what they've been given. We give out of what we have received. In verse 3 he says in their case they voluntarily, so no compulsion, freely gave even beyond their means. Such was their trust that God would supply what was needed that they didn't hold back. The word generosity means given without conditions. They had no control over the gift once it was given. They wouldn't be able to decide who it should go to, whether that person or church were worthy recipients. That was no longer their concern. Their part was to release the funds for the work of God in building the church, in helping the poor and in reaching new Christians with the message of the gospel. Now we've probably all experienced the joy of filling in a funding application for a grant And rightly, a grant-making body will ask important questions about the use of funds, the impact they'll have, the types of activities that will take place. There are tight regulatory controls around such matters set by the Charity Commission. This type of giving is not like that. It's an action flowing from the work of God's grace in a person or church's life. It comes from knowing we've received it, but that it doesn't belong to us, it's all God's. So it's not as to cling to and hold to ourselves, it's to be shared for the strengthening of others. That's the way grace works. It grows exponentially by giving away. So modelling generosity is an act of grace. But it's also an act of equity. Not equality, where everyone's the same, but equity, there is a fairness, a justice for all people, no matter who they are. Paul writes I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you but it is a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need so that their abundance may be for your need in order that there may be a fair balance. Now we've all been so acutely aware particularly during COVID-19 of the inequalities that exist in our own society and right around the world. There are those who have benefited even from Covid, even financially, and there are those who have been catapulted into chaos and insecurity. Covid didn't create this problem, but it has certainly accelerated it and exposed it clearly. The vision Paul has for the church is that we model such generosity as we can no longer store up wealth for ourselves while our sister or brother goes hungry or is in need. One of the most moving aspects of our Covid response has been the care taken by those running food banks and other forms of social and physical support for those who've been made most vulnerable at this time. I've spoken with some of them directly and there's a real sense that they've modelled generosity in a way that attempts to bring equity. Not doing to, but being with. Praying and supporting those whose stories have become even more complex standing with those most in need and carrying the burdens of others at great cost to themselves. Whatever's been said of the church in this past year, these are the ways that generosity is modelled. I hope that the testimony will be, well that's so like the church, that's what we've come to expect. We're ever aware of the areas in which that generosity must grow, but it starts with us right here right now so what example are we setting are we living out of grace reliant on the goodness of god for everything dare we pray that god would shine a light on us and expose areas for growth areas of our lives in which we have withheld rather than given and are we living out equity demonstrating the real worth and value of all God's children in every place. Would our first instinct be like Jimmy's? Someone's in trouble. What can I give? Well, rest in peace, Jimmy. Let us pray. Lord, make me an instrument of your generous love. An agent of your grace with a passion for equity this day and all my days to come give your church conviction and courage to give and not to count the cost with all that we are and all that you have given us through Christ our Lord Amen Thank you for joining us for the Generous June Daily Podcast. We hope to see you again tomorrow.